Go. Retro, the retro chat show where we chat about retro games. I'm your host, Nicholas Bray, and once again I am joined by Mr. Zach Miller. Hello, Zach. Uh, howdy, howdy. Hey! <laughs> You've been peeling a lot of golden bananas? I have. Well, not as many as I'd like. Uh, well, if you haven't worked it out, we are definitely going to be talking about Donkey Kong 64 today. We sort of alluded to it at the end of the last one of these segments, but um, we actually went ahead and started playing it. We did. Yeah. So, again, I wouldn't mind starting off with just a little bit of uh, history or like um, some context to when this game was being developed. So, the game started development in 1997 and was going to be released at the end of 98, apparently. It was originally going to be a 64DD title, but after right. that died, uh, they moved it back over to being a cartridge game, and it was delayed to the end of 99. And it needed the expansion pack as a result of not being on the DD. Um, well, yeah, they, they ran into a, um, a game-breaking bug. They couldn't work out how to, how to resolve the problem, so they threw the expansion pack in, and it seemed to fix it. So ah, okay. that was the only reason they, they actually added it in. Uh, oh, and it actually caused the profits to take like quite a hit because of that um so yeah it was a bit a bit unfortunate for nintendo and rare i guess i'm I'm sure nintendo didn't really like having to do that no um just in terms of when it was in, in development i find it interesting because it would have been being developed alongside banjo kazooie i assume Banjo came out in 98, and I I guess maybe a bunch of the Banjo team was moved off, I mean, sorry, DK64 team was moved off to do Banjo, and then came back to finish up Donkey Kong. DK. Yeah. So, you know, because most people view it as DK borrowing, like, being inspired by Banjo-Kazooie and just trying to to one-up it, but I'd have to assume a lot of the design would have been... Similar. Uh, set, set in stone before, you know, before it, Banjo came out. So, 
Um, maybe a lot of the mistakes that DK64 made aren't um, necessarily because they just wanted to add more and more to Banjo, but they just didn't realize, that, you know, in 97, they wouldn't maybe have realized that it was going to be uh, so so bad like tedious <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm well, not saying the weird. game's i'm not saying the game's bad by the way i'm just like you know the reception of it the the amount of collectibles and and things like that yeah well what's weird what's weird to me is that this game came out after banjo and probably involved many of the same people mm-hmm. and yet it's such a it's such a different game it's it's such a i mean in my opinion worse game than banjo kazooie the thing is, it does share a lot of the similar sort of um, setup to the way it like progresses. There's an overworld, yeah. There's yeah, and individual just, stages just instead in, of sorry. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Just you're, in, you're right. Just in terms of um, the individual, like what you're doing in the levels, like both games yeah, don't the, don't the feature structural stuff. Yeah, heavy, don't feature a heavy amount of, I would say, tight like platforming involved it's more running around helping people or doing little mini games or puzzles or things like that right yeah so yeah it's not nearly as goal-based as something like super mario 64 yeah where the stars in mario 64 are just to signify the end of that mission really uh dk64 and banjo are more concerned with collecting actually collecting them these things yeah. Uh, some sometimes they, you can basically get them within se- well, a few seconds, where that's not generally the case in Mario sixty four. Right. Um, so just before we move on to the the meat of this segment, I've pulled up a quote from IGN actually from like from the review of the time. This is from Matt Casamassina. Well, Donkey Kong sixty four has finally hit home, and I think the wait has definitely been worth it. The game, while not the leap and bound that Donkey Kong Country was for the Super NES, is still an excellent platformer all the same. It's an epic, gargantuan, huge, giant-sized platformer. It's a game that is packed full of things to do. There is so much that is often overwhelming. The game is every great platformer combined into one package, and that, more than anything else, is what separates it from the competition. So they gave it a 9 out of 10 at the time, and I, I don't think that is quite... But that's not an outlier. It seemed to be relatively well received with a few gripes from most reviewers I, I sort of um, yeah, found. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, I, I do remember it being received well. And I, I seem to remind, remember uh, it just being, you know, hyped as one of the best or received as one of the best platformers on the system, if not one of the best games yeah. on the N64. It came out at the end of the N64's life. Uh, and it was kind of seen as this, you know, uh, maximum N64 game. Like, this is mm. what the N64 can do. Look. And, uh, I mean, at the time, that's probably true. Yeah. Um, but I just don't think it's aged as well as you would expect. Mm. The game definitely looks very, very nice. Uh, the levels are all uh, graphically, uh, graphically very very nice to look at and run around. Um, I just find that a lot of the negativity that the um, gets thrown at the game these days, I guess, comes from maybe a little bit of 
just simply when it was released and when, how old the game is in terms of the design and, and maybe a little bit about people's expectations. Because these days, if you're going into a platforming game and you don't find a lot of actual platforming, you're probably going to become frustrated. Yeah. Um, because DK64 and even Banjo-Kazooie to a slightly lesser degree, I would say they're not even really platformers. They're more adventure games that are about exploration and traversal more than simply uh, running and jumping to the end of a, like a checkpoint. Yeah. Um, so... You know, I'd, I'd almost say that, especially in Donkey Kong 64, the platforming is the means to an end of getting to a character-specific thingamabob. Mm. Like, you platform around so that you can get to a bongo plate and then use your bongo plate to open a door. Yeah. Uh, or use you platform around to get to Diddy's jetpack plate. That's the thing about the game. It's like... There's so many mini games and plates, and it's like the level design is just an excuse to hide all of these character-specific things that you have to do to progress. Mm. And many times I find uh, it's it's kind of two or three characters deep, where you'll you'll you know activate something with Diddy, but then oh, you got to go in here with Lanky. Uh, in the in you know the door that opens with Lanky, and then you do something with Lanky, and then Donkey Kong's got to go in there and do something else. Yeah, to a degree. I the way I played the game, uh, and I've almost finished it now. I'm on the last level, um, and the way I ended up playing the game was basically starting with one character, uh, and basically completing everything for that character, then moving on to the next one. I wasn't swapping back and forth a lot unless like there is a few times throughout the game where, yeah, you have to, you have to swap to open a door to get a character in, but that actually didn't happen as much as I had feared going in. Mm. I actually like over the years, cause I never played this before. I was under oh. the impression that you had to like, the game was really going to ramp up and you were swapping characters constantly which is not really the case. There's a few instances, yeah, but... Yeah, I actually find that that's that actually gets toned down towards the end of the game, like the farther you get. There, uh, are, some, there are some bits where you have to, and some just baffling segments. In uh, There's one in Fungi Forest where there's a, um, there's a tunnel that's gated at the start of it. So, okay, yeah, generally when it's gated, that means that's for a specific character. So, right. yeah, all right, I unlocked the door, go through the tunnel. At the other end of the tunnel, there was another gate which needed to another character to open that gate. Right. So, like, I, I just don't... Some of the stuff is just weird. Like, why would people at Rare play that and just think, okay, why don't we just have one gate here? Yeah, right, right. It, it doesn't make any sense. Like No. And the other thing I don't, I don't, I don't really appreciate is that when you unlock or when you when you find a new character uh you have to go back through and get all of their stuff and by that i mean you have to get their musical instrument you have to get their pop gun shooter you have to get their uh uh special moves from cranky um Mm. i wish that stuff was unlocked with them like the progression was unlocked with them yeah uh because you end up because there's five kongs 
mm-hmm. and you gotta you gotta repeat a lot of the steps for each one of them, and that that got really old. I I got through, uh, just just uh, full disclosure, I got through to unlocking Tiny Kong, uh, not Tiny Kong. I'm sorry, the uh, the girl. Yeah, it's Tiny uh, Kong. Tiny Kong, and then, um, dude, why didn't they just use Dixie? Yeah, just I, use Dixie. <laughs> I, I kind of thought the same. Like, why why invent a new one? But anyway, yeah. But um, you unlock the characters pretty early. Yeah, you really do. I was, I was, I was did not remember unlocking her so quick. You get um, the last one, Chunky, on the next on the um, frantic factory level. Yeah, and then you've got all of them. So the way I play the game, I completely finished Jungle Japes with um, Diddy and Donkey, then moved on to the next one. And I'm, when I unlocked Lanky and Tiny, I ended up going back and like doing all their stuff first and then when i got chunky i went back to the other two levels and did everything and then i was sort of set to do yeah. just one character at a time for each le- new level uh now one thing i do appreciate about the game even though uh you have to repeat some stuff is <clears throat> everybody's move set is appreciate appreciatably different and i i I did appreciate that, and everyone's animations are different, and there's nothing stock at all. It's it's very well thought out, uh, apart from things like the musical instruments, which all do the same thing, but they all look different, and they all look kind of cool. Yeah, all the all the moves have exactly the same, um, like the way you perform them, activate inputs, them. Inputs, yeah, like Smash all... Brothers. Yeah, yeah, like Smash Brothers. Yeah, so. I don't know I, I, the moves were okay. I, I didn't. I could. I don't really. Didn't really find any of them all that impressive. I found Diddy's um, jetpack was pretty fun. Oh yeah. Um, some of the character specific um, abilities like that are pretty good. Like the um, DK can be invincible. There's a few cool segments where you got to run through various areas and to get things and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, the most stupidest one I found was um, Chunky can turn invisible. Right. And he has to do it for like, there's no, there's no point. He has a, a switch that he activates in Crystal Caverns and the banana uh, falls down from the ceiling and you walk two feet and pick it up. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Maybe that comes back in like a, a section that I have yet to play, but there's not much of the game left, and that was the only time he's used it. So I don't, I don't remember Donkey Kong having that many instances of having to be invincible. Uh, uh, there's not that many, but there's at least two or three that I've played out so far. Yeah, yeah, but but in like the whole scheme of the game, everyone uses all their stuff pretty well, mm. except those those two are are kind of funny to me. I, I generally like the Diddy and the Tiny segments the most because uh, Tiny gets well it's tiny and <laughs> goes into these uh, specific areas where um, it's kind of fun to to find those and explore those those kind segments. of minish cappy. Yeah, it is. It basically is minish cap. Mm. Uh, I like. I wish, man. I wish you could just activate Diddy's rocket barrel wherever you wanted. I don't yeah. know why they why they put it a, a specific character plate on. Uh, from where you had to start, but man, I like zooming around on that thing. I think it controls pretty well. Yeah, when, like it is a little um, when you first start using it, you do have to get used to it. But once you are used to it, it's fun to fly around. And if you've got a lot of those, um, like the the consumables that those moves take up, it, the coconut just, crystals. Yeah, the coconut crystals. You can just fly around for for quite a while because I'm in the creepy castle 
level now and that's that oh, you need all about it there verticality so uh i just basically with diddy i just got um got in his jetpack and flew around trying to uh, just to see if i'd missed any of the uh the bananas and things like that yeah the colored bananas um actually going back to when i started this game because i sort of dabbled in it early on and turned it off before really doing anything and there's a lot of the stuff at the, in the beginning of this game is just it sort of overwhelms you a little bit because you're not sure the of like the progression and all of these different items and right. um, houses. Because when I got into the first level of Jungle Japes, like I found the snide, the snide guy. Yeah. For the blueprints, he's funny. I actually like him as a character. He's he might be my favorite character in the game. Yeah, but I was just he was asking for blueprints. I was like, I was sort of like, uh, do I so do I have to get these? Is this right. a separate thing? Uh, with Cranky and Candy and all that, I was like, oh, so they give me moves, uh, I guess. i got to pay them for it. I was like, oh, great, I've got to pay them for it. But actually, that was not a problem at all. Um, I've got hundreds of those, like, banana coins that you have to use to pay for things. Yeah. Um, they're Like, that's very easy. Uh, oh, I was yeah. worried there was there was going to be a certain amount that you, like, they've, they made the... Um, like exactly the number like, of banana yeah, coins like, you need in the game. Yeah, in the game. So you'd have to make sure you got every single one. Uh, but no, there's there's tons and tons of them around. Yeah, I think I think a bigger problem is finding those. You know, there'll be five lo- five bananas that you're missing in mm-hmm. a level, and you're like, where the heck are these bananas? And they're in some weird location that you'd never go. Uh, you mean you're talking about the colored bananas? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I didn't I didn't really have a trouble uh, any problem with those. Uh, I was when going into the game. I thought those were going to be much closer to the notes in banjo, um, because oh, yeah. in, in banjo there, it can be really annoying. You might have eighty-five of a hundred, and because in banjo they're all individual notes, uh, it's very easy to miss like two or three in an area, and then the draw distance kills you because you have to be get really close oh, before you right. can even see them. Yeah. Um, so I was worried that the bananas in this game are going to be like that, but I was kind of happy to see that they mainly used the single bananas to guide, to guide you to like, areas of interest where That's true. that Kong needs to go. And then for the other ones, there might just be floating balloons worth 10 or, um, those bunches of bananas that are worth five. Yeah. yeah. So it was never a problem. There's only, there was only a couple of times where I was missing like five or 10 and, I just had to, you know, I explored for a little bit longer, or I, I actually bought a guide with this game, so it's a good I idea. just flipped, op- flipped open to a map and so, so I found where the um those bananas, like all the bananas were, and so like, oh, I'm probably missing someone from here, and I just went back there and and grabbed them. So that's good. Yeah, but when uh, I remember when I was when I first had this game on N64, I. Uh, I was a completionist for the bananas, and I did not have a guide. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was going a little crazy, a little OCD with the banana hunting in that game. I got them all eventually, but I yeah kind of hated myself for doing it because you don't get anything. Mm. You know, you don't you don't actually need to collect all the bananas to beat the game. Well, you do to get the proper ending, right? You need to get absolutely everything. To everything to get the real ending, the dolphin the ending. ending. Ooh, um, see, I'm I've got everything so far, so I'm probably going to get like the hundred percent completion on it. There soon. you go. Like, uh, but, um, 
So what do you what do you think of the music? I think I think the music is really good. I like I think it's maybe the best part of the game. Yeah, it is really good. It's uh, Grant Kirkhope of um, Banjo Kazooie fame and Rare Rareware fame, and now he's on Project Ukulele as well. I mean yeah. Ukulele. Uh, yeah, the music's the music's good. I'd even loaded that up on YouTube at work and just listened to a few tracks every now and then. Just nice. That and like some other game music and stuff. I think it's this. Is it the haunted house? That's it's just a bunch of of laughing of, and cackling. Uh, is that the creepy the creepy castle? That's the one I'm on now. Oh, uh, that's so creepy castle. Yeah, it's got um, it's got actual a bit of music, like you know, like some ominous sort of music, and yeah, I guess there's a, like some ambient things like that. Um, I'd have to. I haven't really thought about it too much because a lot of the music isn't in your face. It's sort True. of the the same mindset that um games like Ocarina of Time use. There's like there's musical tracks, but they can be sort of low key and you don't really like get sick of them. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. And they're not they're not uh, they they blend into the back, the background very well. You're not thinking about it when you're listening to it. Mm. Which I, I appreciate, but but when you sit and uh, listen to the music in in yeah, Ocarina of Time is a good example of this too. When you just sit there and listen to the music, it's really good. Mm. Um, but yeah, that that cackling track might be one of my my it it is my favorite track from this game because it's so creative. I've never heard a a video game track that's that's basically cackling over yeah. uh, an ominous theme. It's it's really unique. um another thing that i think the game is smart to do and i guess needed is that there are no lives in the game yes you can die and just retry things you can there's no there's no penalty really for for doing anything wrong true you don't lose any bananas imagine how frustrating this would have been if it um if you left a level or whatever you had to go get all the colored bananas again oh my gosh it would have just been in... Sure wouldn't have gotten it, a nine back no, then, that's for sure. Yeah, no one would have finished the game. <laughs> no. Um, as we were sort of alluding to earlier as well, a lot of the levels are uh, basically sort of conduits for a lot of mini games and puzzles. Not not everything, but most levels have mini games in them. Yeah. So how did you find the mini games, like in this playthrough or in previous playthroughs? I think a lot of them, um, uh, you know, they're they're okay. I think a lot, a, a few of a few. I don't like time things, mm. um, so any of the time mini games, I found a little. I'd finish them like right at the buzzer, because yeah. uh, because a lot of them are kind of trial and error. They're stupid mazes where you have to find all the enemies, mm. um, uh, and then and then I found that. Almost every Donkey Kong Barrel Blast minigame required a level of precision that I did not love. You have uh, to have the cursor directly over the barrel. Directly to, over yeah. it. And if and if you are not directly over it, Donkey Kong will actually phase through the barrel yep. as he misses. Yeah. And, <laughs> oh, that pisses me off. But, you know, it's nice that you can just literally re- redo it as soon as you get back the thing i hate about um a lot of the mini games though is when you fail 
there's this arbitrary like animation or yeah, like with the barrel one, you'd be kicked back to the level, then you just got to push the Z button again yeah. to fly back into to doing it again. Yeah. And a lot of the other mini games too, if you fail, you just it'll start say, again. It'll say, "Do you want to try again?" But it'll <laughs> then run the stupid cutscene and the explanation of how to play the game again. Yeah. And I just like keep mashing the A button to get past it. So they should. Yeah. When you retry something, they really should have just made it. It was like three, two, one, go. Yeah. Start again. I uh, no, no like needed explanations or anything. Yeah, that's true. The um, yeah, it's 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 just it's a strange, it's it's their obviously their way of bringing the like the bonus stages back from the Donkey Kong Country games. The the problem with that though is like these aren't so much bonus stages anymore. They're right. They're they're too used too heavily. They should have been in secret areas and um. The, the reward yeah. instead of a golden banana, the reward was simply unlocking the game from like to play from the menu. Or oh, there you go. Um, the same with the way the the collectibles are uh, done in this game. Like, why why have every character collect the same things? Why not? They should have made Donkey Kong go after bananas. Like, Lanky go after the blueprints. There you uh, go. Tiny go after something else, and they should have diversified even more where they go in the levels to, to do that. Agreed. Uh, they would have cut down on the collection and you still would have had a bit of that, you know, swapping characters and each character having a having a goal to do. And But you're not necessarily revisiting the exact same places all the time with everybody. Yeah, and collecting exactly the same items. <laughs> yeah, like you'll be wandering around and you'll be, a, you know, Donkey Kong, getting some bananas, getting some banana coins. Oh, this this here's some... Ghosted red bananas better switch to Diddy. Mm. You know that that got kind of old for me. If they were to remake this game, I would want them to do something like that, like do some drastic changes like that, and also make the character switching a button command so you can just do it yes. whenever you want. Oh my god, yes! Instead of having to go to the the barrel, even though there is a lot of the barrels. There are a lot about, of barrels, but yeah, but but still, there's no real there's no real point in having the barrel you could they should have just made it you could swap just like in donkey kong country yeah you could push select to switch characters or whatever yeah uh then now i don't know if you've ever uh you probably haven't but i would like to espouse the virtues of the game's multiplayer shooter mode i haven't actually been able to play the multiplayer but i was i'm sort of keen it's actually pretty fun. I mean, it's it's not great. It's kind of a broken game. Yeah. But it's it's fun in the same way that Metroid Prime 2 multiplayer is fun. It's not, mm. you know, it's it's obviously not well thought out. Mm-hmm. Uh but it's fun for what it is. It's it's fun mm. for the chaos that ensues. Well, um, f- uh, my friends and I used to play a lot of the Banjo-Tooie uh multiplayer mini games. So I don't remember that game having multiplayer mini games. Yeah, it's got a it's got a ton. It's even got um the first person shooter um, multiplayer. Oh, jeez, wow! Which um which is in the main game, but the um the multiplayer version they actually use levels from Goldeneye just in re- uh, retextured <laughs> walls. So you've got like that the makes complex, sense. It really complex does. and a few other. There's only like three levels, I think, but I think at least one or two of them were um, just stolen from Goldeneye. Oh, that's funny. And Goldeneye <laughs> was 97, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah. So it's it's so funny that, like, these three giant games 
came out one year after another, and then Banjo Tooie came out like in two thousand. Yeah, I mean Rare was I think Rare aside from Nintendo might have been the most prolific developer on the N sixty four. I think they beat Nintendo just in terms of the sheer amount of games. Ish. I mean you had Blast Corps, Diddy Kong Racing. Oh, Blast Corps, yeah. Um, Donkey Bring Kong sixty four. Banjo Kazooie, Banjo Tooie, Jet Force Gemini, Perfect Dark. Did I say Goldeneye? Yeah, Goldeneye. I didn't say, no, you didn't say Goldeneye. That's like eight games. Away. Yeah. Um, Mickey Speedway USA. Uh, oh, they anyway. did that. I didn't know yeah. that. Oh, wow. Anyway, we're getting we're getting off topic. So let's take it back to to Donkey Kong. <laughs> um, a lot of people. Also, a lot of people complain about the fact that you have to get the rare and Nintendo coins in the game. Did you ever have problems with that? I don't remember having problems with uh, that. You know um, what I'm having problems with right now are the banana fairies. How the heck do you collect them? You get a camera and you got to take a photo of them. Oh, okay. I don't remember that, but yeah. Yeah, I think you... I'm not sure where you get it. You might have to go to the banana fairy um, shrine in the, oh, in the okay. hub world. Yeah. <laughs> Which is just... That's just another another thing that... What, the hub world's not bad. I, I kind of like exploring the hub world, although it's not very big. It's not very big, and it's not really that much. It's not really anything to do, really, so, aside from going to the levels. Um, yeah, that's true. It, it'd be nice if it were a little more interactive. Maybe there were some golden bananas in there. There are. There are golden bananas in there. Oh, there are. Okay. Okay. I Actually, yeah, I should, I should take that back. There are things to collect in there, but it's just the same old sort of of sort of things like it's basically another level you've got the same requirements that you have in all the other levels so you got five golden bananas for every character oh wow uh the blueprints all that stuff yeah okay i'm gonna have to do some more exploring now i will i will say that that i mean it's obviously not my favorite rare n64 game Mm -hmm. uh it's not my favorite n64 platformer but i think kind of the core assets of the game the music the graphics the even even the level design apart from the um all the mini games and and character specific plates i think there's a strong base the game does have a strong base yeah yeah i just think they kind of went a little too far in a direction with it um away from the mario 64 and towards banjo kazooie but more more yeah. than banjo kazooie you know mm. and uh, i would kind of like to see a donkey kong 3d donkey kong game uh developed that was a little more like either the donkey kong country games or mario 64 kind of game i'd actually like to have a new 3d donkey kong game that is more of a i'm not sure exactly how you structure it but more of an open world where you can go in any direction and um find i don't know it might just be like you know donkey kong trying to find different things or there's mainly more platforming challenges and exploration though like imagine yeah. if you just drop down into a a pretty large jungle sort of world and over in to the right there was a bunch of ruins and stuff for yeah. there was like a lagoon and things like that you know swinging through the trees and uh everything could be fun but uh yeah dk64 they did take it possibly too far but i do kind of have kind of enjoyed running around the levels um it is still actually kind of enjoyable even though 
around the halfway point of the game, you kind of just want it to be over. In a way. <laughs> yeah. Um, not like you know. Well, it's because you're doing I've, the same stuff the whole game, and yeah, because I thought you, there you was, eventually reach a breaking point. There's actually more worlds than I expected there to be. So that's true. There are there are actually a lot right. of levels, and the levels themselves are very differentiated. They're they're actually kind of cool looking. Mm. Uh, and I think the weakest level is Jungle Japes, just because it's so tiny. It's itty bitty. Yeah, it is small. Compared to all the other ones. But um, that was necessary, I think, because sure. you need to learn. Because like I was even saying, I've sort of felt overwhelmed at the when I first started entering that level and working out what to do exactly. Yeah. Um, but once you sort of understand how to progress in the game, it's all very easy. But Yeah. Um, Frantic Factory was all right. That was like a very enclosed level where there's lots of different passageways um and it was a little confusing to to run around in that one like just remembering which uh which tunnel took you to which room yeah there's no map this game might need could use a map yeah in a, in a future hard, remake some of the levels are harder to have to sort of create that mental map in your mind um which Actually, that Frantic Factory level is sort of the same problem I have with the Water Temple in Ocarina. Oh, yeah. Because it's a lot of different rooms going off in different directions. Yeah, very much um, so. But I I would recommend this game almost to get just get the uh, the the DK Arcade game, basically. Oh, that yes. Is the, and the Jetpack. And, jet, and Jetpack. It's all right. But the DK Arcade game is the best version that you can get. Um, yes, true. There is all the versions on the virtual console, uh, the just modified versions of the NES game, which is not all that accurate. Not nearly especially, as hard. Especially in terms of uh, music and things. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and they left it in. I'm glad they left that in and Jetpack in this game. Yeah, yeah, because you're playing on the Wii U, so you yeah. would, it's good that they left that in. It just <laughs> if like people that play the DK arcade game in DK sixty four, I mean, it, it just it would just look a, a whole lot better than the Virtual Console one. Oh yeah, um, yeah. the standalone game. Uh, but I'm glad we. I mean, I, I'm glad we played this game. I, I, I. I you know, because I hadn't played it since it first came out, honestly, yeah. and uh, and I I completed it, and I, I never really went back to it, and uh, but I, I'm I, I will probably keep playing this a little bit here and there, um, mm. especially because it's on the virtual console, and I have access to it all the time. I don't have to unpack yeah. a system from my closet, and yeah. Uh, and the one the one thing that is sad to me uh, is that there's big black bars on the left and right side of the screen, <laughs> <laughs> and I wish I wish I could see more of the level. Well, if you wanted to go about it uh, to fix that, uh, it's a bit of a like long way to fix it. But um, you go back if you went to the system menu on the Wii U and changed your output to 480p, and then went back into the game, you could activate the uh, the widescreen mode from oh. the menu in DK64. Oh, um, because nice. the problem the problem with it at the moment is uh, 1080p. The Wii U will force the um, the 4x3 image. Because the widescreen in like DK sixty four is accomplished by basically um, you putting a sixteen by nine image inside the four by three. Um, oh, block! It's block. So <laughs> the way to stretch it out, you have to set your Wii U to four eighty p, set your TV to sixteen by nine, and then change the option in uh, DK sixty four. 
You know, they did the same thing with uh, Turok 2. I don't know if you ever played Turok 2. But nah. if, if you played that with the expansion pack, you could do the same thing. You could activate a widescreen mode uh, that was just widescreen yeah. in, that, in that box. Um, and it didn't, it didn't necessarily look any better because it was, it was still a small image. But uh, At least it takes up the, the screen for you. Like, yeah. if, you don't, if you don't like having the black bars on the sides, you could do that just to fill the image more. Yeah, I'm, I'm, not like, sure, I'm not sure if it takes a performance hit. It could uh, if, it, if it actually is rendering slightly wider. Um, but I'm I might sure. mess with that. I might mess with that tonight. It would be interesting to, to, to get your thoughts on how it, how it looks uh, going that way that way because then you'd have your tv scaling it to 1080p so it might the image quality might look worse but i don't know it'd be, yeah probably be fairly close it's a good experiment to do mm. they were good about that in the 64 days they added a whole bunch of different um technical options they, most of their games later on supported um surround sound i'm sure right that's and, true uh, that's true a lot of them had widescreen options like Jet Force Gemini, uh, Perfect Dark, and Goldeneye both did. They actually even have the, um, what is it, the the more like cinema widescreen sort of mode. So it's not 16 by 9, it's the even narrower version to get that cinematic look. Mm. I seem to recall, you know, Perfect Dark was already pretty frame rate bad. Yeah. Uh, but I recall being at a friend's house and trying to put that game in the 16 by 9 and it really took a hit at 16 mm. by 9. Yeah. But it looked cool. <laughs> <laughs> um so overall I I pretty I like like playing DK64. The ca- the camera, yeah, okay, it can be a little finicky. Oh um, yeah, the camera is not great. Because you have to keep pushing the C buttons to to move it maneuver it or hold down the R button. Or there is an option menu to make it um, move more m- to follow the character. It's set to free camera by default, I think. But if you change it to follow, it'll be basically like you're holding R. Holding uh, R down, yeah. And that's down. definitely the way to do it. Yeah, because the camera does, like, when it's on follow, it tends to be a bit more manageable and uh, easy to see what's happening. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm gonna keep playing, keep playing it. I've almost finished it, so I may as well. I'm yeah. this far in. I may as well finish the game. You um, should. I mean, I mean, I'd I'd like to get your, uh, I'd like to hear your take on the final boss. The fight with K. Rule is actually pretty hmm. interesting. Yeah, I have sort of seen a bits and pieces of that over the years. It's uh, like a boxing match, right? And yeah, you basically have to fight with each Kong, which is pretty good. That's a pretty good use of the characters to come together at the end and to switch out to fight him um that seems pretty interesting yeah it is i i like that fight all right so i'm not sure there's anything else to talk about so we'll leave it at that i think zach yeah we'll uh figure out uh, the next game to play and and maybe we'll announce it on twitter so twitter uh so people can start playing with us whenever we decide what it's going to be hey yeah that's a good idea and yeah. uh because uh, just by circumstance i ended up picking diddy kong racing and uh i thought this one would just be a logical next one to uh, to talk about because it had recently come out on the Wii U. So I'm leaving the next uh, game choice up to you entirely, Zach. <laughs> oh, I'm going to be drunk with power. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. You're not going to pick. You're not going to pick something so terrible that you don't like it. So no, that's true. No, I'm I'm not gonna. No, 
Although there are terrible games that I have a soft spot for. Mm. But I'll try not to pick any. Alrighty. So uh, yeah. until next time, uh, keep playing Metro games. Yeah. <laughs> See yous. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's Connectivity. If you'd like to send us an email, please send them into connectivity at nintendoworldreport.com. And if you enjoy Connectivity, uh, please consider reviewing and rating us on iTunes. With E3 next week, uh, we will most likely post the audio from the Nintendo News Report video uh, about the uh, Nintendo Digital event on the Connectivity feed, so uh, please look forward to that. And for the following um, proper Connectivity episode, we will most likely be doing a big recap on E3 with our thoughts on the various announcements uh, after the dust has settled a bit. There will be a lot more E3 podcasts and videos coming from Nintendo World Report next week, so please uh, keep checking the site to find out about all that great coverage. This week, the playout song will be the Donkey Kong Country Aquatic Ambience theme from the Symphonic Legends concert, which featured arrangements of some of Nintendo's greatest hits. Conducted by Nicholas Willen and performed by the WDR Radio Orchestra of Cologne, Germany in 2010. Thanks for listening.